0: All right. Well, welcome back to another Fatal Conceits podcast, dear listener, dear reader, if you happen to be enjoying the transcript or viewer, if you're catching us on YouTube, uh, if you haven't already done so, please head over to our Substack page. You can catch us at bonnerprivaterearch.substack.com. Uh, where you'll find hundreds of articles from Bill Bonner, you won't get them anywhere else, uh, and of course many research reports from our investment director Tom Dyson, uh, macro analyst Dan Denning up there in Laramie, Wyoming, and many more Fatal Conceits podcasts, just like this one, under the Fatal Conceits tab at the top of the page. I'm uh, I'm delighted to welcome back a frequent and favorite guest of the show. Uh, it's particularly enjoyable to me because I get to live vicariously through his uh, his peripatetic wanderings around the world. And that is, of course, none other than Mr. Ronan McMahon, international man extraordinaire. Ronan, welcome back to the program, mate. How do you do?
1: Great to be back, Joel. A pleasure as always. Right Now, uh, where in the world do
0: we find you uh, bunkered up today, mate? Is it an airport or a resort or a golf course or what have we got going on today?
1: Well maybe a resort and a golf course there's <laughs> kind <Okay. laughs> so I, Joel I am in bit. my home yeah I'm in my home in Cabo San Lucas I'm here mm-hmm. for the the holidays I'm here kind of at the tail end of a a mammoth 3 month scouting trip but um I'm in my home in Cabo San Lucas the pacific is right out in front of me the golf course is over there the rest of the resort is is just to my left and it is just beautiful here this time of year i'm i'm battling sounds really awful. if if my my preparation here was was quite complicated because i have a christmas tree over there and i just needed to pull the blackout blinds to stop the beautiful warm sunshine from
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah very sympathetic uh, for you there right now
1: well i I, uh, <laughs> I guess i guess for you this was never a weird thing um growing up in australia but for me to see a, like a christmas tree next to white sand beach and turquoise ocean and you know 80 degree temperatures it it always just feels that bit weird yeah it's a little it's a little incongruous to be sure
0: my uh, my wife uh, was born in norway uh, so for her, us down here in Argentina, you know, she, she keeps complaining that it just doesn't feel like white Christmas and you have the, the Christmas carols and everything. And uh, yes, certainly Buenos Aires doesn't have, uh, it's not expecting a, a white Christmas anytime soon. Uh, but mate, just uh, before we get started here, because uh, I, we've got a book to talk uh, about and congr- congratulations, by the way, but I, I want to catch readers up. Uh, who maybe are just tuning in for the first time, and maybe they've seen your name and read some of your work with International Living or the Real Estate Trend Alert, um, but you have kind of carved out a niche for yourself with a pretty uh, unique migratory pattern. Uh, but do you want to just give us the background on uh, on what you've been doing as as Bill's personal real estate scout and building your own business over, what, I think I've known you maybe 15 or more years now but give us the origin story
1: we're we're, we're aging ourselves now Um, we we first met i would say probably in 2005 in international livings offices up this kind of narrow building on a side street in in waterford waterford ireland but um i walked into that door um late 2003 so coming up on nudging towards towards 20 years ago, you know, International Living is a publication that Bill founded, I think 1979. Um and um I walked in the door and I said, I'm a real estate guy. I hear you're looking for someone to to pack their bags and to travel (laughs) the world in search of real estate opportunities. And they kind of said well Do you want to do you want to come along to Nicaragua and Panama first week after Christmas? So I packed my bags and set off. And for the last kind of close on two decades, I've been, you know, I've spent my life traveling in search of international real estate investment opportunities. So, you know, in in the early days, I traveled from Ireland to try and find the find the opportunities, but i guess as 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 age crept up and as maybe I became wiser or tireder um I kind of adjusted my lifestyle to follow a pattern between my homes and between my bases a pattern that allows me to always be in kind of near spring like weather low humidity warm sunshine cool mornings cool evenings um and also to kind of put my pla- put myself in places where there's opportunity to profit from these major international real estate trends that that I follow. So I, I think I'm a bit like Bill in that sense that I I now follow a circuit. I've I've my loop <clears throat> as Bill does, and um, that really allows me to kind of marry my personal passions of weather and real estate and my professional passion of real estate and the type of real estate i invest in also is very attractive or you know generates a following from people who are interested in weather and freedom and all these types of things i get by putting myself in places like cabo san lucas like rural ireland like um portugal's wild atlantic coast um so that's what has me here here in mexico on on this december yeah (laughs) and so uh,
0: for people who are uh, maybe a little bit new to the to the game or who are even just starting to look at opportunities um you know beyond the what is known and comfortable to them we had a gentleman on the show just last week who was a a a self-proclaimed california refugee uh he he left the kind of high high taxes uh high crime high um homelessness you know there, there was a whole litany of of uh, concerns that he had before he left california and he uh, sort of went out east in search of his american bolt hole and of course for many people um you know something within the the 50 states is going to be you know preferable for any number of reasons but uh for those who are, you know, maybe coming up on retirement or they're looking for a second place um outside of the US, how do you how did you begin by narrowing down to, I mean, you mentioned a couple of regions there. You've got sort of Western Europe, Portugal, Ireland. Uh, I know you do a lot of work down in Mexico, in in Central America, Panama, et cetera. How did you sort of bring the whole world down and um you know, and and eliminate um, you know, 200-odd other countries before you got to something that you thought represented the kind of opportunity that you were looking for?
1: Um, tr- trial trial and error. Just <laughs> sh- 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 make, <laughs> make, make, make a lot of mistakes over two decades. And you <laughs> That's can, a good one. <laughs> I mean, v- very interestingly, the the kind of the first place I chose as a kind of as a temporary mm-hmm. base was a Caribbean destination. I'd been there on vacation a load of times, Um you know really like to to spend time there had made several kind of profitable investments there and a business interest and i thought this is going to be the place i'm going to make a temporary base um so i furnished a house that i would bought with the intention of you know treating it as as an investment you know got myself set up and 10 days into it i went jeez this place is too humid for me (laughs) i i I can function in vacation mode here but Mm. if i have a block of five hours of conference calls or i have a due diligence meeting or i'm pouring over a spreadsheet i just have brain fog in this humidity so (laughs) that was just a you know the it literally is a is a series of of experiments and then a ruthless prioritization of what's really, really important. So for me, you know, a number of things are really, really important. You know, there's the weather I alluded to. I grew up in Ireland with asthma. I grew up feeling kind of subpar without even knowing why through most of the the winter months. And then I found when I went to places that were sunny and low humidity, I just had that extra, extra spring in my step. So weather is very, very important to me. And that's low humidity, bright sunshine you know, cool mornings and evenings. So it's comfortable to get out and, you know, be active in, in nature. So weather is very important. Um, proximity to friends and family is very, very important. Um, and also taxes, you know, mm. how much taxes I pay and cost of living. So I'd say those are the, um th- those are the four kind of key pillars and by kind of creating this lifestyle i was able to you know hit all my top priorities and of course you know those top priorities aren't all getting hit at the hit at the the same time um you know my wife travels with me you know obviously there's she's mexican there's the irish family and the mexican family so that's something that that needs to be to be juggled as well but Mm. i think now kind of two decades in um we've we're pretty much at the point where um where the places that we put ourselves where I am, I just wouldn't want to be any other place at that moment. And then by the time it's time to leave and move on, you know, I'm ready because maybe <clears throat> it's maybe it's Cabo in in March or April and starting to get warm. But in Portugal, it's into spring mode and it's perfect, so that's when I want to be there. So um, <laughs> right. a lot of a lot of trial and error, and you know, it, it also takes a lot of of acceptance because every place has pros and cons, and you just can't compare Portugal with Ireland, with Cabo, with everywhere else on an right. item by item. You need to look at it. From the perspective of the totality of 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 the thing, and um, then the the wrinkles become a lot easier.
0: Yeah, you, uh, I, I guess it's kind of it's a little bit like a Rubik's cube. You move one part around, and something else. Uh, you know, you, there are pros and cons and trade offs, of course, uh, along the way. But you mentioned, I mean, two decades uh, you've been doing this for now. I'm interested. I think uh, listeners will be interested too. To uh get your your take on how the expat market has matured just during the time that you've been doing this. Uh I recall, you know, back in the in the early 2000s we'd go to I recall what the what Rancho Santana looked like, you know, at the outset and it was it was a long cry from uh, you know a a world-class kind of resort and spa that it is today. But this I think is the case um, across the board, really, where it used to be these kind of maybe surfer outposts or you know uh, crazy hippies sort of pushing the fringes of uh, certain expat communities around the world, but the market and perhaps this is uh, spurred on or catalyzed by uh, by the pandemic, but it seems really now to have become more of a viable option for people who are. Uh, I don't want to say more serious than hippies, but just have a different goal set.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, with with COVID has brought just this huge acceleration of these trends that um, that that I've been seeing for years and years and years. And you know, I think the 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 idea of this kind of persona, like like you mentioned earlier, like the California exile. You know, I mean, I spend a lot of my year in two places that are just sucking in these California exiles like crazy and that's Portugal and also here in here in Cabo San Lucas and it's it's kind of it's it's an interesting case study because places like here in Cabo San Lucas and also parts of Portugal to me they're what the california dream of of the 50s is is like you know they're they're free you've got wide open spaces if you're a surfer you've got these empty beaches and empty breaks you've got you know just miles of beach you know miles of 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 ocean front you've got really really friendly locals you know it's just that kind of quintessential California dream from 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 the nineteen fifties and and it's here today you know that's vibrant vibrant economically you know lands of opportunity you know lands of opportunity more so in the case of Cabo than Portugal which is mm-hmm. a bit sleepier maybe Portugal would kind of encapsulate the 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 lifestyle allure of a 1950s California but Cabo is and this, you know, the southern tip of Baja California sewer, this is just a boom town, you know, I mean, this is a a land of opportunity, but kind of independent of those as well, you've just got this seismic shift in, in terms of, of, of of how people work, you know, be, you know, I tell this, this, the story a lot, but I, I think it really perfectly kind of illustrates the change you know when my wife and i moved in here and to, into this condo community um before covid and we'd go to a cocktail party we were typically by far the youngest people there we were mm-hmm. we were almost the, the our neighbor's kids age maybe our neighbor's kids were like five to 15 years younger than us but we were closer to the kids than than to the neighbor's Roll on the pandemic, and strange things started to happen. I started (laughs) to see groups of these young Silicon Valley types walk around our kind of our plaza and garden there, and I wonder what the hell is going on here and then i kind of earwigged and these were walking meetings so we've gone from retirees who are you know here for the sun and snowbirds to silicon valley walking meetings the gym went from being almost empty to being full of these you know 20 and 30 something um you know kids doing crazy flexibility things doing doing you know i'm i'm not that familiar with what goes on in gyms but this was a whole different world of like stretching with elastics and all that type of stuff yeah um so just this seismic shift so the the long-term rental rates went from you know here here again just to take this community of of Kopala and Kavira as as a microcosm you know you could rent a condo here for 1300 maybe 1500 dollars per month by the end of the by the end of the pandemic that was $3500 per month wow. and what's really really interesting now about this new breed is that folks coming here you know they compare here our portugal or or wherever you know cabo is just, just an example mm-hmm. with where they're coming from so it's it's a different mindset to saying I'm going to move to Mexico cuz I can live for $1400 per month there, you know. And yep. th- that is an idea that, you know, international living does an exceptional job of showing folks how they can do it and and it can be done. Now Cabo San Lucas isn't a place where you can where you can comfortably do that, but the change is folks are coming down here and saying, you know, I pay five grand to rent a one bedroom shoebox in San Francisco, I can move to Cabo and do it for three grand. And, you know, I my day to day costs are a fraction, I get to live in a much, much nicer place, I don't have to deal with traffic, maybe I don't need a car, all these benefits. So it's just made people don't that the mindset of it going to Mexico you know that's not the case at all you know this is this is a satellite market where the folks living here they still work for companies like Salesforce and Intel and Facebook and they still have these kind of corporate jobs they just do it from here and they just come just come in and out so it's 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 a seismic shift and it's really driving demand it's really driving demand for the types of real estate we can still buy remarkably cheaply in some of these places right and yeah it reminds me just as you're
0: you're talking then about the evolution of Individual markets. It reminds me of a, a, an essay I, I reread every couple of years because I just—it's so fascinating. It's uh, by the English philosopher uh, Bertrand Russell, who a hundred or so years ago made the observation that we can we can actually time travel, and we do that by traveling to other places around the world. And I forget the exact examples that he gave, but it was something like, you know, if you want to see the past, you go to whatever it was. China, if you want to see the future, you go to the United States. This was sort of in the 1910s or 20s. And, you know, here we are, fast forward a century, and there are certainly uh, parts of the world where, as you say, you know, 20 odd years ago, uh, the southern tip of Baja Peninsula was... You know, a few surfers that were up at Todos Santos, and you know, riding freakishly large waves, and and now there are you know mature, developed communities and uh, and sort of micro economies that are that are uh, catering to, you know, high six figure uh, Silicon Valley earners and uh, and so forth. So it is interesting to see these these trends shift. So it, uh, I guess that kind of begs the question: How do you? Uh, and you've got quite a knack for doing this, but how do you identify, uh, the kinds of indicators you think are going to lead to that kind of development? Because I mean, ideally, it, whether, whether you're living there or you want to, uh, maximize rental yield, uh, for example, you want to have a place that is going to be commanding more in the future rather than less. So tell us a bit about your path, path in the path of progress idea and, and how you, uh, how you, View the world through that prism. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. So, like, wh- what what I do for myself as an investor and for um real estate trend alert, which is my publication, subscribers is identify places where that that where something is happening that I believe is going to, you know, open the floodgates of visitors, whether that be retirees tourists, um, second homeowners, and then also this whole world of very broadly speaking of kind of of digital nomads and and remote workers. So what I look for is a place that's, that's stunningly beautiful. So it's got those really, really, you know, attractive aesthetic attributes, a place that's easily accessible, and where accessibility is set to improve so ideally the kind of the the golden formula is a place that's easy to get to but something is happening that's going to make that accessibility better so maybe there's already a, a major international airport that's getting a new terminal and the highway to the next town at the end of the highway is 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 being improved and then the the kind of the final piece is that we can buy at really, really low prices. So, you know, at the tail end of all of this, there needs to be an opportunity to buy really, really best-in-class real estate cheap, because, you know, th- there's there's lots of places all around the Caribbean, for example, where you have accessibility, um, where it's close to the major population centres of North America. Um, but the base prices are 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 extremely high so kind of Mm -hmm. that's the that's the, the that's the formula and then the next step is to just kind of identify what's the best way to profit from that situation and um and what i've found is the best way is when us as a group at real estate trend alert. When we combine our group buying power, and I sit down with the best developer in that area and make a make a deal for member only pricing and terms on condos or homes or lots or whatever the the best real estate opportunity is is in that place.
0: Right, and and I'm wondering now as I'm thinking through the process, how have you? Uh, how have you found the, the demand? I guess most of our listeners and readers are going to be in the US and with, with some in Europe as well, but how have you found uh, demand for international real estate given the current sort of, I hate to use the term post-pandemic, but the 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 market in which rates are increasing, um, you know, for the first time in a long time, a lot of the easy credit that was available for the you know during the past cycle is is now tightening up um are you seeing people uh you know a renewed appetite to to move abroad because of you know relief from inflationary pressures and cost of living benefits or how does that kind of balance out now that we're in a kind of
1: rate hiking uh environment yeah so i mean it's it's a kind of a complex equation because there's you know different segments in terms of where demand is coming from and different locations with 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 different different motivations but to to kind of distill it into and to kind of clear out all the noise, demand is still extremely strong because people just don't know what to do with their money. There is mm. no clear place um for Real estate trend alert members who, you know, who have a diverse range of interests, um, from you know, you, you you name it. I mean, they're real estate people, but they're also in the financial markets, and they also like their, you know, various various bits and pieces. And the the today's reality is it's really really difficult to to see where to put your money. Um, Outside of this international real estate space, because we can still buy condos in places on my beat that, you know, long-term rentals to those blue chip clients who are remote working for these big tech companies that generate double-digit rental yields. Long-term, short-term rentals can be, can be even stronger, but you know, you're going to need to be a bit more hands-on there. And so we can still buy, you know, really, really good blue chip real estate in highly desirable areas um for for very low prices. So it's you know it's quite the arbitrage opportunity mm. if you're if you've got a rental in San Francisco that's valued at a million dollars, but by just buying a condo in Cabo for 250 grand, you can net the same the same rental income. Uh, so a lot of a lot of people are 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 following that route, and then you know to the point of of inflation and this kind of maybe post pandemic hangover, it's really creating a supply crunch so in these places in these places on my beat, it's becoming more expensive and more difficult to create a real Mm. estate project and that's that's playing that's playing into playing into our opportunity so you know demand just like you know we had the, the the moment of you know pandemic starting covid is here everything's shut down obviously everything stopped for a period and then demand started growing and growing and growing and kind of reached a high point. And now it's somewhat flattened off, but it's pretty much flattened off at, at an extremely, at at an extremely high point. There is, you know, there's still a lot of people out there with money that they just don't know what to do with.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. I was just looking at some numbers uh, earlier in the week, actually, um, and, you know, the TSA put out their throughput numbers, which is a, obviously a very good indication of, of vacation travel. But I get the feeling <clears throat> that as the world has, has opened up and people are, they say some people are revenge traveling, <laughs> which, which I think is quite funny. But, uh, you know, people are back out there. They're on the road again. Uh, they're, you know, they're taking all the vacations that they had postponed for a couple of years. Uh, but I think a lot of those a lot of people who were uh you know maybe they had their kids in school and they were locked out for uh you know some given period of time or they were in a state that imposed uh shelter in place orders or you know vaccine mandates or a lot of a lot of things that kind of rubbed people the wrong the wrong way uh, folks are now looking around and thinking actually if that could happen once maybe maybe that can happen again and maybe i don't want to be in this place when uh, when, when draconian politicians get uh, another whiff of power. But this brings us to your book, which I wanted to touch on. I've got it in front of me in digital format. It's, uh, Ronan McMahon's big book of profitable real estate investments. And, uh, because we were just talking about the rental yields, there was one, uh, chapter headline I've been. Reading this at the moment, which I thought was very attractive. Income while you, (laughs) income while you sleep. That sounds sounds almost too good to be true. But give us the a a kind of update on a few of the places that you're maybe perhaps looking at right now, where people are uh, maybe more interested in the investment side of properties rather than necessarily moving to live there themselves, or maybe they want to do a kind of split deal short-term rental half the year and, yeah. and maybe live there at some other other part
1: yeah yeah so i mean i guess maybe the in terms of our for for rita members our kind of our upcoming deal pipeline i think this is maybe the the best way to, to answer the the yeah. question um we've got a, a really exciting new opportunity in cabo san lucas coming up early in the new year again this is a deal where we can buy a significantly less than retail market prices and where we can kind of plug those condos straight into that kind of super hot, super hot rental market. So a very, very big part of of this equation, Joel, is the the actual, you know, what real estate do you buy? Um, all of the places that I talk about, you know, I'm not saying Playa del Carmen is a buy. I'm not saying Cabo San Lucas is a buy. I'm not saying Portugal is a buy. I'm saying this deal within this neighborhood at this price is a buy. And mm. that's a very, very important part of the puzzle because you could still drop out of space to any of these places that I talk about. And you pay too much for your real estate and you know you're you're just paying market price just like just like everyone else. Um we've just had an incredible opportunity just on the edge of Playa del Carmen um, in Mexico's Riviera Maya, just the nicest curve of white sand beach. And in, in my opinion, and all of Playa del Carmen, it's got golf, it's got luxury hotels, it's got multimillion dollar homes. And Rita members have been able to buy two bed, two bath condos from again, the kind of the two thirties to to 40,000 range so again you're buying into a community where you've got this moat because there's finite supply it's a beach and golf community that's being surrounded by the city of the city of playa del carmen can't get can't make any more of it demand is surging we can we can buy cheap um We've a new deal coming up in Lagos on the western edge of Portugal's Algarve. Again, this is a, this is a town that's got this kind of convergence of things happening at the same time. You've a beautiful historic old town. You've a shiny modern marina with champagne bars. You've got wild curves of, 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 of beach. You've got rocky shoreline. Um, and you also have, you know, a place that's at the kind of the tail end of the path of progress as it rolls out along along Portugal's Algarve and a place that's, you know, refuge for um for Swedes who instead of paying fifty-five percent tax on their retirement income, they can just get on a plane, fly two and a half hours and cut their tax bill to ten percent. No messing. Um, you have Californians moving there. You have a shortage of hotels for vacationers. Um, remote workers are coming again. All these, you know, our opportunities are in places where many of these many of these big ideas converge. Um, we've got something exciting coming up on Costa Rica's Pacific coast, and again. The, Costa Rica is a place that's attracting those remote workers, vacationers, you know, folks who are just looking for to live their life in a different way, but they still want the luxuries, they want the comforts, they don't want to be out in the sticks, they want great air conditioning, they want great Wi-Fi, they want a beautiful infinity pool. Um, so these are these are places where all these big trends converge and where i've been able to make deals with best in class developers where we can get in relaunch um on great great condo and home projects at prices that are much much less than market price
0: and w- what about people who are um perhaps Listening to this, and and I'm I'm thinking in particular of a few of my friends who will be thinking, hey, wait a second, I could be, uh, you know, on a on a Costa Rican um, left hand break out the front with an infinity pool and a champagne bar down the road, or or what have you, um, but who who are thinking about that, but wondering what visa situations might be like, or um, work visa situations. I know a little while ago, maybe this is going back a couple of years, but you were uh looking into petitioning some some governments to uh open up a kind of digital nomad work visa is there any news on that front or you've got your ear to the ground around the world are there places that are kind of that you would assume there would be governments fighting over these people to bring them in and develop uh develop the economies locally are you are you seeing that in various pockets yeah or?
1: i mean Joel, they they they're they are competing very aggressively for people people like your friends and pretty much everywhere there is a very wide choice of 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 visa options and that's if you even want to get a visa you might want to come in and come out as a tourist but so there's like I'm I'm not an expert in that but I would describe it as a non-issue for anyone interested in pursuing this whether you want to go to Portugal are Mexico our Costa Rica our Nicaragua just literally that this is this is not an issue yeah I
0: think I think a number of the the perceived roadblocks uh that people have in their mind that they've manufactured as excuses for not maybe just going out and and seeing these places for themselves um end up being just that they're 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 kind of manufactured and another one that uh that I hear quite often when People ask me, "Oh, you live in Argentina or spend some period of your your year there? What do you do for healthcare, for example? How you know how is the is the public healthcare there?" And my answer is the public healthcare is terrible. I don't think you would want to be uh, in, involved in that system. But the difference is, whereas in Australia, for example, private uh, top notch healthcare can be very expensive in places like argentina i imagine uh, like in mexico and elsewhere as well the the very best uh, of healthcare with doctors trained in switzerland or or the us uh is extremely affordable so things like that that you kind of price in in um you know in terms of denominations that you're used to back home all of a sudden it
1: can be had for for kind of uh of a fraction of that. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, to, to to give a kind of just an example on how mm-hmm. how the kind of healthcare world works when you take yourself outside the states. You know, my wife and I have one of these kind of bulletproof, are like everything layered on healthcare policies that we can we can access anywhere in the world, except the US. Yeah. I had sign exactly. page after page <laughs> after page where they sit me down and they said, "Now, you know you get sick on a connecting flight on a layover in Houston or New York. That counts. Don't call, <laughs> don't, don't call us. Right. Don't call us. <laughs> and you should really be sure for that like 8-hour window that you have covered. So, you know, in terms of in terms of accessing private healthcare around the world, you know, take yourself out of the States and the price, you know, just goes, goes through, through, through the floor. You know, it would be much, much cheaper for me to have gone with say a Portugal. So Portugal is my, is my primary residence. It would have been much more, um, lower cost for me to get, kind of a purely Portugal private health care insurance it would have been like incredibly inexpensive so inexpensive I, I don't remember the numbers Joel because they're they're just inconsequential yeah and then in somewhere like Portugal you would have a public system that's that's probably fine you know again I' I'm, right. I'm 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 not an expert but it's I'd say it's pr- pretty pretty good standard yeah
0: and um as I said those the I'm just trying to recall the numbers here. I think for a family of three down here for very top notch, um, private health coverage, there's, and, and there's a number of, of, uh, of options that, that you can choose from here. You're looking something around sort of the $300 per month. Uh, range, which I, I and it doesn't follow your job. It's not attached to your yeah. profession as so many of these are in the states. So it's really just uh, you show up at whatever specialist you you need to see. You show your your healthcare card. They put it through the system, and you, there's no out of pocket expenses, co pays, all that kind of confusing stuff. So um yeah i would encourage people to if you have questions like this that uh, i know a lot of uh, a lot of my friends have when they hear about us talking about this instant you know instant international lifestyle there's you know 10 reasons why it can't happen and uh, i think usually if you kind of scratch the surface a little bit they they tend to to fade away. So, uh, you, you mentioned you've got a few conferences coming up. I'm going to link to this uh, this book, uh, Ronan McMahon's big book of profitable real estate investing. Uh, our listeners will be able deals. to. Deals. Th- th- those are deals, not conferences. Uh, deals in in this book. Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got lots coming up. Where are you off to next, Your, yourself, Ronan?
1: So the I'm going to be back in Portugal from the the kind of the, the tail end of March between now and then um, I'm going to be here in Cabo through the through the holidays. And then I'll be doing some travel around kind of Mexico and the, this region, probably Panama and Costa Rica. Um, but it will be within this area. Um, so yet to kind of you know a lot of my 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 schedule i really only kind of book it trip by trip because you know a lot of opportunity comes my way so i want to kind of make sure that 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 i have that flexibility and i'm going to the dominican republic in february so but the, the next month is going to be here Recharging from what's been a mammoth scouting trip that took me from Ireland, Amsterdam, Croatia, Montenegro, the Algarve, the Silver Coast, Scotland, the Algarve, Riviera Maya in Mexico, Panama, and then Cabo. So I'm a bit uh, You're, your your arms are tied, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm um, gonna have I'm gonna have to
0: get your um, your advice. I just we Booked our own sort of the next leg of our migration for for the summer um in 2023. And it involves a bunch of the places that that you just mentioned. In particular, one of my favorite coastlines in the world, the Adriatic uh coastline, will be in the Aegean for a little. Um and I I love I, I saw one of your one of your scouts recently post on, yeah. I think it was LinkedIn or Twitter about uh the undiscovered beauties up and down the Albanian coastline, which I think yeah. is a little bit more fringy than what most people are comfortable with. But I remember going there a few years ago, just kind of on a whim, we took a boat over from uh, Ancona in Italy, an overnight ferry, landed in Greece and just gave a a cab driver uh, like 50 euros or something to drive us up over the Albanian border. We actually drove the taxi onto this little raft, which was then pulled across a river by animals I think on the other side yeah. and we got to this tiny little um this tiny little town in the very southwestern corner called Kasmil uh and which is just a little south of Saranda, but has beautiful old historic uh, archaeological sites uh, my my wife is is into the classics and so we you know we had this whole enormous uh pal- palatial ruins to ourselves uh, there's practically nobody there we went down Uh, to the beach we told the taxi driver just to take us to the center of the town and find us a nice hotel we got a place right on the beach it was absolutely gorgeous we got the whole floor to ourselves and it was i think it was like 25 dollars a night with breakfast and uh and handshakes and smiles and all the rest of it so yeah i'm gonna have to hit you up for some some uh recommendations around that part of the world on our next call
1: yeah so the the we did this kind of really cool trip so I started in Split and I traveled along the the Croatian coast and and into Montenegro. Mm -hmm. Owen started, well, he came via Corfu because Albania is is very difficult to get to. Came across and he traveled up along the Albanian coast. So in the end, just because of dates and times, we didn't meet in the middle, but it's just a fascinating piece of research to start in a place like Split that I first visited in the early 2000s you know when the when the the war was was still unresolved but mm-hmm. you know but there wasn't a security issue on the on the coast at, at that time and um, to see Split just be transformed from a place that was just a few kind of kooky bars in the old town <laughs> with a few backpackers. And today it's like Venice. It's like yep. Venice with these seas of people following one person with a flag. And it's just oh. the, the the whole town moves and it's awful. Like, I mean, if right. if you're... <laughs> like you and I are, and want to be there when it's empty. And then to Dubrovnik, and now Dubrovnik's the same, just seas of yeah. people. You go to Montenegro, and Montenegro is just starting to happen. And Montenegro, Croatia to Montenegro is a very seamless transition. You know, you have, broadly speaking, the same levels of institutions and You know, same relatively low levels of corruption, same kind of infrastructure, all very much the same. But Montenegro is just starting to kick, and then further on, it's a beautiful drive too. Absolutely beautiful. And get get down to Sveti. Did you visit uh, Sveti Stefan? I think it is kind of midway down. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah absolutely beautiful, and then you've got you've got Albania, so the big question is you know is this path of progress going to continue? you know Albania has these empty beaches, this beautiful Mediterranean coastline is development going to come, and you know this kind of segues it back into what we were talking about earlier and you know maybe but also maybe not because of governance issues Mm -hmm. and general you know security over the the legal system and 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 stuff like that so some a lot of the time where you want to be buying is where montenegro is where you know where the accessibility has opened up where where it's been proven to international investment where Prices are significantly higher than they were a decade ago, but they're still a fraction of what they are in in, in, in Croatia. So it's a very, very interesting kind of encapsulation of our beat in that road trip. And um, you know, the Owen had this just mind-blowing screenshot from his iPhone. He was standing on a beach in Albania and it could pick up all the hotels around him. Okay, so some of these hotels were on his doorstep, $20 a night, $27 a night. (laughs) Some were like maybe five kilometers away on Corfu, on the high end, on the high end coast of Corfu. And they're like $1,200 a night, $1,500 a night, $300 a night. And they're looking at each other. (laughs) They're looking at each other. So, you know, the the expanse, yeah um these 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 are the puzzles that we've devoted our life to yeah and uh,
0: i mean they're they're fascinating in, in that they're so multifaceted but also it it really does underscore the importance of doing sort of boots on ground research and going to see those kinds of places yourself, because it, you know, it's, it, it can really just be the difference of turning a corner or crossing a political line or, uh, you know, one jurisdiction having paid off the right people or, you know, when you get into some of these places. So it, 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 it really does pay to, uh, align yourself with someone who knows what they're doing which is where you come in Ronan. and what you've been doing for readers for the past couple of decades so uh i'll i'll put all the links uh, down below as usual so our uh our listeners readers viewers what have you can uh can follow your work if they're intrigued and uh and uh, take a a little tour around the world Ronan. it's always a pleasure to chat with you we'll have to get together and do it again sometime
1: soon a, an absolute pleasure and shameless plug moment Boys. we'll will <laughs> we'll send your listeners a free book all they have to do is pay the postage and packaging um and you're going to send out very kindly offered to send out the link on on our behalf yep absolutely
0: absolutely this will all be all be in the transcript below and i'll put it in the in an email sent out to our listeners and readers later this week ronan thanks a lot for uh, your time mate i really appreciate it and we'll catch up again soon a pleasure joel as always thanks Marianne.